Hey guys, just a reminder that we are doing a little mini tour this month and it is underway and we are having such a blast. We just went to Philly and we have to say, Philly, you really showed up and we had the absolute best freaking time. Yeah, I had like a three-day fun hangover, just too much staying up late, laughing, meeting the coolest people. Thank you guys for coming out. And if you're in Boston or New York or nearby, you will get your chance coming up soon. June 16th, we're going to be at City Winery in Boston. That's this Friday. And June 22nd, we will be at City Winery in New York City. And it's not too late to get tickets for either show, so... Get on that. Come hang. It'll be so much fun. We're going to be recapping an iconic vintage episode of The Bachelorette, Season 8, Episode 5. You can find that on Hulu if you want to do some pre-show homework. And we are going to be breaking down this incredible episode with some very special guests. In Boston, we're going to be joined by Jill Chin of Bachelor in Paradise fame. And in New York, comedian and bachelor recapper Arden Marine is going to be on stage with us and we just could not be more excited you can find ticket links and more information at love to see just click that LTSI live tab can't wait and now on to the show I'm Claire and I'm Emma welcome to rich text a podcast about our cultural obsessions like explosive reality TV reunion shows. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We're here today because of Scandaval, not for the first time. We're doing it again. There's four new episodes for us to discuss since Emma walked me through the entire backstory <laughs> and timeline of Scandaval and really prepared me for this cultural moment. I mean, guys, we are here by popular demand. You all were so funny about our first Scandaval episode. We got so many great DMs and everyone was like, okay, but is Claire watching and are you going <laughs> to talk about the finale and reunions? And the answer is yes. Yes. We're going to talk about the vibes. We're going to talk about the revelations. We're going to talk about, Claire, whether you felt adequately prepared to watch the finale and reunions just from our two-hour deep dive. I mean, I will say the Scandaval stuff, I was like, I'm in it. I get it. I know what's happening. And then they would randomly be like, James, you know, when you and Lala were sleeping together and I was like, what? Why are we doing a segment about anything other than Scandaval? There shouldn't be any other plot lines. They kept trying to do segments for all of these different, like, you know, Katie and Schwartz's divorce and Katie's beef with Sheena. And I was just like, who fucking cares? Like, I didn't research this. Move on. <laughs> but fortunately, almost, I would say like 95% of the reunion yeah. was just about, like, Tom and Raquel so I have never seen someone prepare so hard and come off looking so badly it's incredible <laughs> it's truly incredible you're like this man worked for 10 years for this 
Yeah, it's honestly you got to feel for him at a certain point watching his I do not his empire crumble around him. I I did feel sort of like Lisa Vanderpump at various points where I'm just like I mostly know what's going on, but every now and then I just have to ask a question that makes it clear I haven't really been paying attention at all. <laughs> Lisa Vanderpump is like I thought I was going to get a longer moment to discuss Vanderpump a Paris. Yeah. Um, my Las Vegas restaurant. The most beautiful restaurant in Vegas. I think we can all agree because design. We can all she's agree. always been very passionate about design and she really did it. <laughs> she really knocked it out the ballpark. And she's like, I'm sorry, Lala, who were you married to again? I don't, I wasn't paying attention. Oh my God. <sighs> she does this annoying mother hen thing that like sometimes is appreciated. But in this situation, I was like, Lisa, stop defending Tom Sandoval and yeah. stop coming for Lala, who has just gotten out of like an abusive relationship. Like, you, right. we, <laughs> come on, ma'am. It's just so funny because coming from very little contact, she just feels not involved and so whenever they go to her to like kiss the ring or get a head pat you're just like why are they talking to this lady like how is she relevant to any of this that's accurate that's (laughs) accurate she's really just the origin story and then now it's just like a really good promo for all of her various restaurants she loves them all so much no matter what happens. So should we dive in? Let's dive into the finale. I think that the finale, like truly, I mean, sincerely, should get a reality TV Emmy. I mean, it's like escalating tension. Every scene brings it. My jaw was just on the floor the entire time. This is a revelatory piece of reality television. It's so well put together. These people showed up and were like, I'm going to be raw. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do it very well. So, yeah, we open on a flashback of the night that all of this broke, which was March 1st. And Sheena and Raquel are on Watch What Happens Live. And we get like a title card, New York City, March 1st. Oh, my God. And then fade to black. And we just get a split screen of Tom and Ariana being asked, are you ready to talk about this? And each of them says, no, it's beautiful. And then we dive into this, this post-revelation confrontation between Sandoval and Ariana, which is incredibly raw and riveting. It's so weird. It's like they're just hanging out in their house that they still live in together. When they're both there, Tom is just basically locked up in the guest room and they just like stay in the two bedrooms and sounds fun don't speak and both are traveling but yeah so they are in their kitchen ariana is there with her friend meredith news about the affair broke like to ariana and sheena on wednesday night march 1st cameras were up and filming friday morning and that is this scene and tmz broke the news of the affair i think while they were filming so as we were all Ariana finding out that this Tom was and, and Ariana were having this conversation, this, yes. it's a very, I mean, it's a breakup style conversation. I think we've all had one of them, but we don't often witness other people's and often those are the most potent and emotionally exhausting episodes of like The Bachelor is when they're like, we're just going to capture this breakup in real time. But it did make me think about Becca and mm-hmm. Ari's breakup and how at the time we were like, this is too intimate. 
for us to be watching. We shouldn't be seeing this. And at the same time, this is the most riveting reality television. And this is like that, but like amped up. And the morality is a little bit different because neither of them were surprised by the cameras or surprised by the breakup, right? Like, yeah. they are both entering and also they're this like conversation long-term reality on. TV professionals, right? Like, they right. know the deal. I think with The Bachelor, it's always a little weird because the contestants aren't compensated and there is the sort of expectation that exactly. at a certain point you'll be able to go back to your private life. So when that's like extended and they're roped into another emotional disclosure on TV, that feels very exploitative. In this case, I'm like, these are two professionals. This is their job. Yes, truly. <laughs> They've been doing it for a decade. Truly. They know what they're doing. And they both came prepared. Ariana is furious, disgusted, ready to like tear Tom to shreds. And Tom is ready to just like sprinkle in <laughs> some points that might serve his narrative. For example... We weren't happy. Like, we were basically just roommates. We didn't really have a good relationship the way we tried to portray it. I kept trying to break up with you, and you wouldn't let me break up with you. Like, he's trying to put forth that, yes, I did this terrible thing. I understand that you're upset. But, like, are you really surprised because, like, we weren't having enough sex? And... It just wasn't enough for me. It is so transparent, especially when you take like these last four episodes in totality. You can just see that Sandoval was like, I'm going to move all my little pieces around to create the narrative that will serve me. And yeah, it though it's like those few points that you just named. Like he and Ariana were not happy. They were glorified roommates. He repeatedly tried to break up with Ariana and she didn't let him leave. And he and Raquel had a one night stand. And then they were like, this is bad. And they stopped for a while. And then they got into an affair. These are the things that he's really trying to to set out. Can you call something a one night stand <coughs> if you start having sex again later? Like, is there a, a block of time long enough for that to still qualify as a one night stand once you start having sex again later? I don't think that if that's the case, that it's just a couple months like, if you have sex and then a couple months later you start having sex again, that wasn't a one-night stand. You can't just, like, call it a one-night stand. Oh, yeah. No, that's such a good point. And I think that's why everyone else in the cast keeps being like, this – what are you doing? Like, this is irrelevant. Yeah. you. We know what you did. Like, why are you trying to stick to this? But he's like, no, this is how I'm going to save myself. And so yeah. he is really, like, digging his heels He in, wants more credit to- for that, like – month or two of abstinence that he's claiming yes. to have had he's like that yeah, should be the like, focus I, here i'm actually a good person because i did it and then i was like this is bad and then i didn't do it again for a little while you're so. focusing so much on the times that i did have sex but what about the times when i didn't have sex with raquel no one is talking yeah, about that and i know one's really talking unfair. about that it's really unfair to me, Tom Sandoval, an amazing person. So I, I did pull a couple clips. Yes, you're a hero. I've been with you for nine years. Back when you lived with shorts, we became friends. When you were literally f***ing like wearing combat boots and skinny jeans and didn't have a f***ing dime to your name driving a 1997 Honda Civic. I loved you then when you had nothing. You got a little bit of money a little bar, a little band, and then this girl is like going to act like enamored with you, like, oh my god, you're so, oh. Because that's what you want, huh? You want someone to just gas you up. That girl is searching for identity in men. 
She has no identity of her own. Willing to stoop so low as to one of her best friend's life partners. And that's someone you think is like a good person you should be around? I don't know how it happened. It just, it happened. We became really good friends. Like I was seeking something that I wasn't getting here. And that's selfish. That's really selfish. Selfish is the nicest word you could use. It's horrible. Me and Raquel became like really good friends. I don't give a about Raquel! Your friendship is bullshit. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's bullshit. It's disgusting. You know everything. You it's know disgusting. Everything. Hey, everybody. You are disgusting. This knows everything. Your friendship with Raquel You can't tell Raquel you anybody. You is can't, disgusting. You cannot tell. Well, guess what? It's real because she treats me with respect. Mm. Something I haven't gotten from you in a long time. This entire <laughs> thing was so telling to me. First of all, I think Ariana has a really good read on Raquel and something that is very sad about Raquel is that she does not have good sense of self and she is searching for meaning from men who have status. And Tom is enamored by women he feels he can control and women that are young and think that he is special. He wants the fantasy of a relationship with a woman rather than the reality, which is like you have a long-term partner and that person is not just there to serve you and your ego. And I think he has a hard time with that. Yeah, I feel like there can be a conflation sometimes, especially with men between like respect and sort of blind adoration. Yes. And, you know, a lifelong partner is unlikely to treat you with blind adoration, but it's so clear that that's really what he wants. And he's like, well, you didn't give me that anymore. And so you didn't respect me. Like, okay, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't think that any woman is going to treat you like that forever because it's just not, it's not a peer-to-peer -peer attitude to just like worship someone in that way. You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.